Hello and welcome to Plant CEO. In today's episode, I'd like to welcome Darko Mandic, the CEO of Meli Bio. Hi, hi Darko, how are you? Hi, Anand. Thank you for the uh, invitation. I'm doing fine. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm very well, thank you. And uh, you're in Serbia at the moment. Yeah, I'm currently in Serbia in my uh, uh, home country where I'm visiting my family and uh, hopefully soon I will be back to uh, San Francisco where where I moved last year, actually. And so basically your company is really interesting for me. So you're, you're trying to basically recreate honey, but from plants. Um, can you tell me how you came up with the idea of the company to do that? Um, we, uh, we are looking to, uh, to be the missing uh, piece of the puzzle in uh, this uh, alternative food industry. Uh, where the focus is to remove the animals for the, from the food production. And Mali Bio, the company that I co-founded together with my partner, Aaron Schaller, is looking to uh, replace the bees from the honey production because of the several, several reasons. Uh, one, one of the reasons is that the honey production today is uh, inefficient un because of the uh, rapid declining of bee population. It's becoming more and more expensive. The second reason is we think that uh, honey as an awesome product could be produced ethically uh, without uh, including animals uh, in that. And we also think that uh, utilizing um, uh, the power of science, we can actually make our honey to be even better than, than bee-made honey. Yeah. So with, with the bees that are declining, I think what's worrying for me is the rate of which the you know plant pollination can happen. Um, how would you envision that working if more people go, you know, with this plant-based route? Um, how, what about the wild bees? You know, how, how do we encourage them to come back to the earth? I guess and 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 not get extinct. You exactly mentioned one of the most important things that not many people and public they they don't actually know that. Around 85% of bee species are actually native bees, and only 15% are honey bees. And those native bees are really strong and important pollinators. And because of the uh, increased demand for honey that followed uh, um, increasing in commercial beekeeping, uh, a kind of distortion was made in the habitat because um, people were bringing a lot of new beehives commercial beekeeping uh, was expanding and the honeybees, they started chasing away solitary bees, native bees, uh, blue orchard bees, green metallic bees. I, I don't know if you know this fact, but actually honeybees uh, or European honeybees that are domesticated, they're not native to the, to the US and to North America in general. So they came with pilgrims and now because of uh, uh, because of the uh, managed honeybee population growing, it's really difficult for wild bees to thrive. And uh, uh, with the growing population of humans and uh, taking into account that honey is being consumed by 2 billion people on a daily basis through different range of products, we definitely saw this uh, negative trend that consuming more honey made from commercial beekeeping would actually cause more troubles to the pollinator diversity. That, that, was, that was amazing. That really struck me. And uh, uh, that was the starting point, And that was the why that we were looking uh, when we were uh, trying to find a solution. 
And that perfectly went aligned with uh, the trends in the alternative foods sector. And that's, that's the beauty of this business because bringing up new food that's even better for consumers, we can actually solve problems that go beyond uh, the humankind and that, that go into uh, uh, preserving of the planetary health. Yeah, totally. So there is a, a lot of benefits, obviously, to honey, especially when you look at, you know, the medicinal uh, properties of honey and the different types of honey, like the Manuka honey, for example. Um, are you looking to try and also re recreate that medicinal side of, you know, where people would use it to cure different diseases and stuff like that? Um, we are currently uh, early stage startups. And uh, we are now focusing on our research and de development. We definitely uh, recognize that there are several uh, potential markets that we can go into. Right. Uh, uh, medicinal uh, market is definitely one of them that we are actively exploring. Uh, honey is perceived as uh, the best sweetener and sometimes as a medicine uh, yeah. to different parts of the regions in the world. So we yeah. are definitely... Uh, staying open to observing possibilities to penetrate into uh, one or several uh, uh, markets, and um, I think it's. I think eventually we want to uh, we want to be uh, uh, the company that will service uh, the needs for honey in the future, definitely. But it's going to be about timing and the strategy. Which of these markets are we going to start serving uh, first? So. Uh, um, at this point, we are talking to a lot of people. We are talking to uh, potential future investors with current investor, and uh, we are exploring possibilities on um, the best uh, uh, strategy for uh, penetrating. Um, I personally believe that com every company early stage should have uh, focus, laser focus, and um, I think that we will be driven with uh, uh, with that philosophy. But also, I believe. And my co-founder and I want to build this company in the long run. And definitely, in a in a long run, uh, companies should uh, try to uh, deliver a great solution across several uh, channels. And therefore, we stay open to uh, follow all of them, understand all of them, uh, get the conversation going, and decide what's the perfect timing to get to each and every one of them. So what do you think your first... Uh, route to market will be and what sort of timeline are you expected to achieve that by? Um, we are looking to launch our uh, plant-based honey um, next year, uh, mid Q3. And we are currently talking with uh, companies coming from uh, food and food service uh, um, segments. We are right. talking to them first and we are exploring uh, their exact needs because uh, if you say honey, it's like saying a meat because honey is a, is a broad term. Uh, there are like at least 15 or 20 main types of honey. So if you are talking to people in Europe, honey is considered acacia honey, which is the most popular. If you talk about medicinal honey, that's definitely manuka. Yeah. And if you talk to uh, food companies in the US that use honey as an ingredient, that's definitely clover honey. So um, I see. We are we are looking. We are currently really dedicated to our R and D process, and, and, and parallel to that, we are talking to companies. We are um, exploring the possibilities to get the first letters of intent for our product. So I, I I really want to stay open at this point, 
and I want to give equal opportunity to all of these conversations that we open and to decide what's going to be our first uh, first path in the market. Um, we also explored the possibility of having our own uh, uh, brand of vegan plant-based honey as well. Um, however, honey is a product that it's, it's really interesting. When you go into a supermarket, you can uh, get honey certainly at the syrups and honey section. But if you look deeper into shampoos or uh, uh. bars or oatmeal, you can find honey there. Mm. So uh, it's it's really amazing product. Yeah. And, and, and I think uh, above and beyond uh, uh, the important thing of getting the right uh, product market and, and channel fit, I think this, uh, we are now talking more about and thinking more about big vision because um, we think that with our product, we can actually uh, match the human and planetary health because uh, we definitely need healthier options for sweeteners. More natural um, because and less processed sweeteners, which is not that great for you. I think sweet food has been around for several uh, millennia, let's, let's put it like this, since the, uh, the first uh, forager community, people were looking to uh, collect and consume sweet food. And I think, uh, uh, I think that even the latest trends are also uh, uh, emphasizing the importance of, of carbohydrates in, in nutrition, which yeah. cannot just be removed. No. It's, not, it's not actually sustainable for, for, for the nutrition because... Um, um, it's the balance. You can, yeah, you can skip, you can skip uh, sweet food for, for some time, but I think, I think people would definitely uh, be looking for solutions for their sweet food, but also to be healthy. And why not to be healthy for environment? And that's what we want to accomplish. We want to reinvent honey. We want to reinvent it in a way and make it even better and help the bees. And why the bees? Because if bees would disappear, I think most of our food would disappear. And maybe our, actually our living in this planet would be really jeopardized. So uh, it's, really, uh, it's really inspiring that looking for solution how to help everyone is actually uh, it's really difficult but on the on the other hand it's really possible and that's what what we are looking in, in Malibio because yeah. uh, my, my co-founder and I are really passionate about sustainability and uh, about the nutri nutrition because we yeah. think that with every bite you make you make a decision and we want to make we want to empower people to make decisions for the future world which is uh, healthy sustainable and um, um, environment uh, supportive of the environment that's around us yeah that's fantastic so can you tell me um i guess in terms of today the alternatives that i myself would use would, would be aguave uh, what would be the main dif difference that you see when you uh, have your product next year what do you think would be the difference between the two um, we definitely explored um, um, other sweeteners uh, that are out there in the market and uh, uh, definitely some of them uh, are really good. Uh, number one thing that's, that's missing is the taste. So um, uh, this specific taste of honey is something that, that's really, that means a lot to a lot of people. And for me coming from Europe, where the culture of consuming honey is enormous, um, alternatives to that are not satisfactory in terms, in terms of taste. Sure. Yeah. Also, um, I don't say that other uh, sweeteners are not nutritious, but honey is 
by our opinion, and, and it's commonly perceived as the most nutritious alternative. Right. So we definitely think that this is enough. Uh, it, it's, it's enough and it's a great incentive for us to explore how to get this familiar taste of honey, this amazing nutritional profile, but to make it sustainable. Right. So can you tell me um, just a little bit about your, your background and, uh, you know, your, we, we touched on your heritage, but yeah, if you, if you could explain a bit and how you came up with coming to, going uh, to the US when you're, you know, when you're there. Uh, thank you for asking that question. Uh, uh, I'm a third generation entrepreneur. So my, my grandma uh, was an entrepreneur. She's awesome. still alive, but she's, she's now retired, but she was an entrepreneur. Uh, what did she, she do? Uh, so we are a family with origin from Dalmatia. That's a coastline uh, area of Croatia, close to the Italy. And we, we had our own restaurant, and we had some uh, we had some olives around the, around our our place. And uh, we were kind of an agricultural family from from Dalmatia. And I remember one of my first steps were playing in in our garden next to next to the olives. And um, I, I, was, I was there helping my grandma and my father uh, when they were running a restaurant. Um, unfortunately, a few years after, after I was born, I, when I was four, uh, uh, this uh, unfortunate uh, civil war in ex-Yugoslavia started. And uh, because, of the, because of that war, uh, our family, we, we became refugees. Our uh, house was burned down. I lost my, grand, I, I, I lost my grandfather. In, in this war and uh, I, I really loved him. And, and when I was four, I actually, when I was super early, I learned this lesson about uh, uh, losing things that you love. And that really, that really uh, made me think in terms of life in a, in a different way. And uh, uh, my family moved to, from Croatia to Serbia, uh, where I grew up and I finished my business school. My father started a new business, so actually, I remember that I started the reading not from the books but from the contracts and invoices of my father and uh, in my elementary school, I discovered my first passion. I was running uh, out, out from the classes uh, I was uh, going home to spend time with my father and i was uh, I was helping him with the business and I was learning the the, the traits of of, of of entrepreneurship. And your father was uh, in, in the restaurant business at that time, or? And he started a new business in transportation and logistics. Okay. And, and I was reading a bunch of these documents. And uh, my younger brother, he was also into that, but he was more into driving trucks. So we were like uh, super different, but helping, helping our father. And uh, I went to high school. Um, I was lucky because in Serbia, we can start from high school. We can choose the field of interest. So I went to high school of economics, and I was uh, I was having these subjects with law, trade, and uh, macro, uh, macro and microeconomics. So I started learning about the business, about the economy. Um, I was uh, I was loving it. I started my first virtual company in my high school, and I I knew at that time that I want to build businesses because I I love building things, and building businesses was actually uh, the best way to do that. Um, I, I finished my high school. I was I was best student in my generation, and I went to a business school in Belgrade, Serbia. That was a business school affiliated program of the Harvard Business School, 
Um, and this Institute of Competitiveness in Harvard, led, uh, led by um, Professor Michael E. Porter. And I was, I was really astonished by this program because uh, through entire business school, professors, uh, uh, they, they, were, they, they were teaching us about um, getting this competitive advantage, thinking about it all the time, because price is not a competitive ad advantage, it's not sustainable, you need to reinvent your businesses, reinvent your products, and I, I kept uh, I kept this case study in my head where my one of my favorite professors, uh, Nebojša Šosavić, he was teaching us like not to sell raspberries because Serbia is a huge raspberry exporter, but in bulk. So we sell raspberries to French, German, Japanese companies, and then they uh, package them in different products and they get this premium. So he was teaching us about guys put that raspberries in yogurt like be, be the Chobani of, of Europe, like uh, get this competitive advantage and try to sell products like this. And I was, I was happy because of that. And then when I finished my business school, I got this first job offer. I worked as a management trainee in a huge Serbian food conglomerate. There are like five or six companies owned by a single family. There's uh, $250 million annual revenue, which is for Southeastern Europe and Serbia, that's huge. And I was lucky to be a management trainee of their honey exporting company. Oh, that was handy. Yeah, and I stayed there for three years. And I, um, I was lucky because it's, it was a young company. They wanted to innovate. And I climbed from the position of uh, sales management. I became the youngest CEO in the country when I was 22 or 23. So I, uh, it was really difficult. I was running a team of 10 people managed $5 million of annual sales of honey, and I stayed there for three years. Uh, after that time, I uh, stayed in the honey business, I worked as a consultant for one uh, huge Spanish honey company, launched several honey brands. Some of them were really su successful, some of them were okay, some of them were not successful. So I had this like uh, entrepreneur's uh, uh, curve, and um, after a successful project in 2019, I felt that I, I needed more, and that perfectly aligned with my personal choice of uh, turning a vegan. And uh, I knew that vegan is not, uh, the honey is not vegan, and I knew that I want more. And I, I was following people on LinkedIn like Ryan Bettencourt, and I saw that there's, there's something happening in, in San Francisco and Berkeley, and that I want to go there. And uh, together with my wife, that's also an, she's also an entrepreneur, we took two backpacks. We went for a trip in California, and we decided to stay. I met my co-founder. We started a company, raised pre-seed investment. So I did it on my trip. So <laughs> now nice. I'm back. Now I'm back to to actually to my home, uh, to actually take our stuff and properly move to San Francisco and continue right, working okay. on our company. Ryan's a friend of mine, and you, you, you've basically, he helped you inspire you to, to create this company, did he? I think Ryan is definitely a, a friend of all the innovators, all the good people out there that want to challenge the status quo. His energy and his, uh, his uh, kind support and willingness to help is amazing. So uh, um, actually, um, I had an opportunity to meet my co-founder, at one of the events where he spoke in, in, in San Francisco. So Ryan and the entire team in, in Wild Earth and Cell Valley Lab, I would also mention Steve, and uh, he's also on board there for special projects. Those guys there are so supportive. 
And I believe that anyone who wants to start a plant-based, cell-based company to get into this alternative food space should be in touch with them because uh, they're creating this amazing community there, empowering people. And my co-founder Aaron and I really felt empowered by uh, this community and by, by Ryan and Steve. And uh, we are happy to be there and hope one day that we will be able to contribute to that community with our knowledge and our success. Uh, but so far we are just having our notebook, notebooks ready and whenever they speak to us, we, we really try to, be, uh, to take notes of everything and reach out to them for any kind of uh, help and support. What are your plans as soon as you get back to San Francisco? Um, actually, two days ago, I managed to book a flight. Okay. Uh, because nowadays it's really difficult, uh, difficult to travel. But uh, we took this uh, window of opportunity uh, to uh, come to Serbia for a few weeks, pack our things and get back. Um, I really look forward. I think the, the first day or the next day when I land in San Francisco, I will go to Cell Valley Labs in Berkeley. Uh, I love that space. Even though I'm not a scientist, and even though I trust that my co-founder is uh, uh, moving things forward there uh, by himself and the community there, I really want to be there. I really want to go there, and I want to talk to amazing people. And uh, uh, we uh, uh, we are in this uh, amazing uh, accelerator program, Big Idea Ventures, and uh, uh, we every week we are getting so many resources, and I want to. Uh, be back and I want to work hard on our startup and uh, talking to a lot of investors, talking to a lot of potential clients and we want, we want to see uh, which of these uh, conversations will move forward and therefore shape our, uh, uh, our next moves in the next couple of weeks. Awesome. So, yeah, thank you so much. It's been a, a pleasure talking to you today and uh, wish you the best of luck when you get back to San Francisco and yeah, really looking forward to try some of your honey when you launch it, hopefully next year. Thank you for inviting me. And uh, um, uh, I would like to send my message of support to all the wonderful people out there looking to innovate the food industry and looking to bring sustainable solutions across a different products. Fantastic. Thank you so much. Great speaking to you today. Cheers. Bye-bye.